you know, I'd rather make money trading one setup than trying to do everything, right? You know, I think, I think when you first join, it's, it gets exciting and it's like, you know, you want to, you know, be able to do everything and, and trade this, go long this, go short that. And I, and I, well, that ultimately the losses for me because I could just think I could pick where a stock could go and, and be right. Um, you know, it was a realization for me to realize I, if I just took, you know, five trades a month of the same setup, you know, and that led me green because I won three or five, four out of five times and that would grow my account. Like I don't need to play the game of, of trading all these other things that don't make sense to me. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Hey, Steady Trade listeners, Tim Bowen here. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about Stocks to Trade and Stocks to Trade Pro. Since you're listening to this, I have to assume you're serious about trading stocks, which means regardless of how you trade or your skill level, you need a tool to help you generate trading ideas. From live data feeds, technical and social media scanners, to the -the state-of-the-art Oracle scanner, Stocks to Trade offers everything you need in one easy-to-use platform. If you're new to trading and not quite sure how to get started, or maybe you're nervous about risking your hard-earned money, then the Stocks to Trade paper trading feature is perfect for you. You can practice strategies in real time with real stocks without the fear of losing money while you learn. Or if you're really looking to jumpstart and really dive in and really start your trading career for real, join me at Stocks to Trade Pro, where I give 11 live webinars a week and work with students nightly to help them become self-sufficient traders. I don't think there's any better way than twice daily webinars every single trading day. I never miss a day, never call in sick. I've given over 1,750 webinars in three years. I think it's the best way to learn, grow, and improve and rapidly cut your path to consistency. So that being said, for pricing and more information, head on over to stocksoftrade.com. And now let's get back to today's episode. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Today we have some fairly new traders who have had great success, especially in these last few months with the coronavirus. Uh, they were amazing to talk to. I think you guys are going to get so much out of this conversation today. Stephen Johnson and I interview Kyle Williams, and we interview uh, Jack Kellogg and Andrew Chipka. I just wanted to make sure I said their last names right. Join us for this amazing and really heartwarming uh, episode because I feel you're going to see them talk about the moment that they knew that they were really uh, going to stay full-time trading. And just the journey they've had, I think, is just very educational for me as a baby trader. You guys know I'm still learning and I haven't started trading yet, but they just had really good advice for me to watch, what to watch out for as a beginner trader. And uh, they also, just so you guys know, we had Jack and Kyle on the Steady Trade podcast probably about a year ago. So if you like this episode, do go back and look at those episodes to see where they were about a year ago. It's, it's a pretty cool trajectory that they had. And don't forget, subscribe to the Steady Trade podcast now on Stocks to Trade. So if you, if you remember, we migrated everything over to Stocks to Trade. So make sure you're subscribed there so that you get these episodes every time they come out. So enjoy this episode and we'll see you inside. Welcome to the Steady Trade podcast. Uh, it's a special one because it's a, it's almost a, a coronavirus edition. Uh, the market's uh, sinking uh, like we haven't seen, I guess, since 2008. Yet we have a selection of fine, fine gentlemen, uh, some of the best characters in the in the market right now, 
who are all banking and making some serious money. So we wanted to get them all on the show, talk to them, get to know about them, get to know about the secrets. They're obviously all young guys making big bucks. Uh, and we wanted some inspiration for the for all of the listeners and some lessons. So how how is everybody? Doing good. Kyle, Kyle how feeling, are you doing? Feeling good. Yeah, doing really well. Um, overall market's just insane. It's a lot of opportunity for those who – we're learning and, and able to stick with it and, you know, really get ahead and hang on to this whole, uh, whole stock market thing for sure. Yeah. I'm doing good. I mean, the year has been just absolutely insane so far with the amount of opportunity out there. And I've definitely been able to capitalize because I've seen it before in 2017 and 2018 when we had like a lot of sector runs like Bitcoin and weed. So it's nice to get the Corona stocks uh, sector and actually be able to capitalize on it after learning and witnessing it for the last two or three years. So really well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Andrew, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a hectic couple of weeks, a lot of plays everywhere. Can we Let's just get some again. little introductions from everyone? Yeah. Can we just get some short introductions so everyone knows who everyone is because there's a few people Perfect. online. Uh, we can start with you, Kyle, because you're the best looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I, um, most of the people probably know me cause I did get to speak at, um, Tim Sykes last conference in, um, September. Um, I did during the conference, I did speak about my journey. And so a little short, short messages. Uh, I found Tim in back in 2016 and mainly cause I, I just wanted to learn the stock market. You know, I had learned about 2008 financial crisis and realized I didn't want to be in that situation again, um, and learn more what was going on. And so then I found trading and realized I can kind of avoid, you know, holding long-term and kind of at least understanding it better and being able to manage it. And so from there, I just started studying. Um, the beginning was really tough, you know, lost money. Like everyone, like everyone usually start loses money starting off. It took me about 10 months to, to, to a year to finally figure out how I could be consistent. And then by month, you know, 13, 14, 15, we're all green months. And now ever since then, I've just been growing my account and up over six figures now. So super cool. So six figures, what does that mean for someone not very um, good at maths? Is that over like 10 grand or is that 100 grand? 100. No, I'm up around 190 right now. So 190 grand. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, it's the next Roland. Okay. And Kyle, yeah. when, when did you begin? Um, in ju- late June 2016. Okay. So c- coming up on four years, yeah. And is the bulk of that uh, coming from over the entire period of time or have you made – a, a lot of that more recently. Yeah, it's definitely exponential. So the, the first year I lost money, second year um, made about 30,000, fourth year or third year about 90 to 100, and this year now already up about 60. So yeah, it's, it's continually exponentially increasing. So for sure. What do you attribute that to? Like what of the, maybe there's one or two or three qualities that you see within yourself that contribute has contributed to this? Um, yeah, that's good. I, I think one is definitely having like self-belief in, you know, who you are and what you want kind of thing. Um, I believe a lot of people, a lot of traders would want to, you know, need to have a kind of a, a self-esteem that allows them to handle the market because the market's going to humble you in a lot of ways that you're, you're not prepared for. Um, that's definitely one. I think another is, you know, being persistent in general. Like, you know, if, if you can't handle, you know, pain in terms of just taking losses and really loving what you do and loving want to do this as a job, um, you're just not going to succeed. Um, you really have to stick with it. You really have to want it badly because you're going to be faced a lot of challenges. And then ultimately you have to be, you know, pretty flexible in learning. Like you just, there's just so much to know that you have to almost get very picky about picking what to learn because the market is so massive and so broad. So picking and sticking to something to learn over and over and over again is definitely key as well. Sure. And Kyle, can you just tell us briefly what your background prior to meeting Sykes was? Like, what what were you doing mm-hmm. for a living? I um yeah, I was I was a sophomore in college. Um, I originally was an engineering major at San Diego State University, but I quickly realized that was not what I wanted to do. Um, I only did it because I was better at math, and my my dad was an engineer. Um, so I wanted to switch, but I didn't know what to. And so I kind of had to start looking for something outside the box. And then eventually I found the stock market and realized like I love doing that on my own time. And of course, you know, Google searching and one thing led to another and I found, found Sykes. So. That's awesome. 
Jack, you want to answer Stephen's question about where you're at? And okay, yeah, I can go now. Give your background a little bit. Yeah, so for me, I got started in January 2017. And for the first year, I didn't really trade too much where I was just kind of saving up because I wanted to start beyond the PDT. And I had a good job. I was doing ballet and I was about 18 at this time. So I saved up about like 15 grand and I kept working, saving up more money. And I was just studying, listening to video lessons and all this stuff on my earbuds during work and watching the market during the day, kind of paper trading, trading a little bit live, but not really doing too much. I was down like a grand after 2017. I was just witnessing everything, basically. And then in 2018, I started with a $30,000 Centerpoint account. And I was profiting, but about half my my fees were going to uh, short locates and all that stuff. And I just really didn't understand all the little nuances about everything so far. So I was making money, and then I took a big loss, and I was back to break even about the middle of the year. And then from there, I took a few months off and I restarted with 29,000 and it was an E-Trade account. And instead of trying to short, I went long. And that's when the 2018 September weed ran came with MRMD and all these stocks. And I was able to make six figures in the next six months and cross a hundred thousand in about February of 2019. And then in February, 2019, that's kind of when I started to open more brokerage accounts and get back into short selling. And then that's when me and Kyle became really good friends and we started talking every day then, and I started learning shorting. And it was about like four or five months, but I was still uptrending. I had maybe gotten to around the 130 or $140,000 mark in overall profits. And then this year kind of came, and I, you know, I spoke at the conference at the end of last year, and I started trading this year, and it's just been absolutely insane so far. I made 22500 in January. In February, I made uh, 50 grand, and then just this last month, I made 80 grand, just about. It was 76,500, but so I've already had a great start to the year, and I've passed it. It's not that great. You're like the new Roland. (laughs) No, no, Roland's Roland's progression was much faster than mine. You know, Roland was like this, whereas like I'm still steadily growing, and I'm definitely not the next Roland. Roland went long, too. (laughs) <laughs> but humbleness is important. Humbleness is very important. But uh, yeah. and, and we all learn. We all learn at different times. I'm curious. Uh, you talked about Centerpoint. Did our Centerpoint an absolute nightmare for the for the uh, overnight holds? Did they put extortionate yeah. uh, rates on? So like times seven, or is it not? No, I think it was times three. And I got into you no know, swing shorting, and they would just kill you on fees. So I had to learn the right brokerages. And just learn a lot more about shorting because there's so much of shorting. Just just all the little things with shorting, if you don't know, you're not going to be able to get that high risk reward ratio and that good win percent. And you're just you're not going to make much money. You're not going to have that ideal of a profit factor. So with going long, there's a lot less to it. And that's kind of why I think people should start it long, and that's why I started going long. Makes sense. Andrew, you want to answer Stephen's question? Kind of where you're at. Where you- yeah, uh, so it started uh, in about 2017, uh, trading sort of big stocks, really hyped up stocks. Uh, then I transferred trading into Bitcoin. So I traded Bitcoin for a while. I doubled my account. And then in 20, late 2017, I found Tim Sykes. And for about uh, about a year or so, I started to watch the video lessons, learn, and then eventually I joined uh, the challenge and watch all the webinars and whatnot. So I was, I was studying for a long time. And uh, eventually, after all that studying, I started funding my account. And I had a couple big wins at the start. But there were also a lot of losses. So there are a lot of times where I had to stop trading and just refocus on my strategy. And then over the last couple months, I think I really found my success in waiting for the right setups. And especially with this volatile market, it's been really good because I got back to my roots trading morning panics, but I made sure to wait for the setup to be the right one. Because I used to jump in on any morning panic and that didn't really work out. But... 
once I started to refine my setups, I eventually started making more and more money. And then last couple months, I made around 24,000 just morning panics. And the coronavirus really helped my uh, long strategy in going along bear ETFs and just doing going along the TVIX. I made around 15,000 this last month. Beautiful. So if, if, if you guys, I don't want to jump in, Kim, if you've got a question, but I'm just curious um, if you guys could each outline the breakthrough moment that you had that went you from being a losing trader to a winning trader, what, what would it be? And just going in cycle with, with Kyle again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For me, it was, it was realizing, you know, I'd rather make money trading one setup than trying to do everything right. You know, I think, I think when you first join, it's, it gets exciting and it's like, you know, you want to, you know, be able to do everything and, and trade this, go long, this, go short that. And I, and I, that ultimately led to losses for me because I could just think I could pick where a stock could go and, and be right. Um, you know, it was a realization for me to realize I, if I just took, you know, five trades a month of the same setup, you know, and that led me green because I won three or five, four out of five times and that would grow my account. Like I don't need to play the game of, of trading all these other things that don't make sense to me. Um, it's really no, having I, that I, discipline. Yeah. But, are you playing that game right now? Are you playing that game of just one? Because what, what I tend to do is just trade stuff that I shouldn't trade with tiny size because I shouldn't know I shouldn't be in it anyway. Yeah. But you could do that too. You, yeah, totally. If, if you want to... Yeah, if you totally want to, if you're acknowledging it and you like, you know, then yeah, trading incredibly small size where like a win or a loss wouldn't really matter, then you could absolutely do that. Um, I, when I first started getting profitable, it was just one setup. But as the months went on, I, I continually added like one at a time. And so now at this point, I'm at around four or five, maybe six. Yeah, about six. Um, but those six are like, that's it. Like, I'm still not really pushing too many other things. It's really just those uh, main cool. groups, you know. What's your, what was your first setup that you learned? It was a uh, panic dip buying OTCs. So like if a pump and dump yeah. or an overextended OTC was panicking, like I would love those dip buys. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. It's, it's super cool. And that's, that's the morning, obviously the morning, the morning, mm-hmm. the morning dips. Yeah. Uh, and it's the steady, the steady up, up every day goes yep. up a little bit. Every day. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, first day it's red. Yep. You buy that. That's cool. And Jack? Yeah. CYDY oh, did that. No, yeah, CYDY did that about two days ago. It wasn't red in the day, um, but it had a huge spike from, I think, I mean, I actually have my charts up here. Let me look. It went from, dude, you know, from two bucks to 350 and then panicked down, got back to two. So that that was a perfect panic opportunity to dip by and it went back from, you know, two to 270. So yeah, that was, that was a sweet play. So, but uh, how do you find the bottom though? How do you find the bottom? Because there's so um, many times it, it pops and then it goes another. Yeah, for, for me, that's why I, I, I usually only do it with OTCs and not NASDAQs because I can't read NASDAQs as well like that. Yeah. Um, for OTCs, it's just the, the reading of level two for me, you know, on, on Tim, I always, I always reference um, Tim Gratani's, um blog, blog, uh, blog website. I think it's uh, blogspot.com at trade the ticker or something like that. You can Google yeah. it, you'll find it. Um, and he has a tab that says read level two. And so you can like totally learn how to like see tops and bottoms. And yeah, they could be fake outs. The times if it, there's a lot of volume, like CYDY had you can get pretty accurate with, uh, with timing, you know, the tops and bottoms. So. Uh, for me, I kind of, when I started, I was already profitable. Like I never went through a phase where I would just consistently lose. Like I was always winning majority of the time, but my problem was that I took huge losses. And once I realized that never add to winners because I kept getting full size on only my losers so my winners would only be like starter positions. So once I realized that I should add to winners and never add to losers, I started to become consistently profitable. And that's when I was able to get my risk reward super high. And I just won the majority of my trades right off the bat. And that's probably just because I studied like a madman for the first year. And I kind of had already an idea of like how I wanted to trade. I didn't really just go out there and throw money around like an idiot. I just waited and I learned. And if I wasn't confident in the setup, I wasn't going to throw money out there. And something that I always kind of thought of in the beginning was how can I stay in this trade? Like, how can I not take a loss? Like, how can I stay in this trade? And now it's kind of like, if there's anything to show me to get out of the trade, like I want to be out. And if 
this, this trade now needs to prove to me that it deserves my money and like that I need to keep on adding and adding and adding to my winner. Whereas in the beginning, it was just adding to losers and that develops into big losses. That's, that's pretty awesome psychology. And that, for everyone listening, that's, that's pretty much the right psychology you should have on every trade. But uh, what was your first setup that you thought, ah, I can make money on this? Overextended gap down. Yeah, we saw that today with the SGLY or SGBY, whatever the hell it was. But uh, really you nice had to short it overnight. Box. You missed it, yeah. You missed it. Yeah. You had to short it overnight or you would have missed it. But uh, and Andrew? Uh, what, was, what was the question? What, what was the Sorry. moment? What was the moment that was the kind of that aha moment? And what was your initial first setup that made money? I think my aha moment was just tracking all my setups um, initially it started with OTC first green days and that worked for a long while until it kind of didn't. And I started losing a lot of money. And then that's what made me focus on morning panics. And the more I dug into it, the more refined it, the more criteria that I placed on the setup and made sure every single setup matched that criteria, the more money I was able to make over time. Do you feel, Andrew, that there were kind of a couple of catalysts along the way that helped you see that for yourself? Yeah, it, it was usually just big losses. Like I'd get a big loss and I'd be like, okay, what's going on here? What am I doing wrong? How can I refine this to make the setup a lot better so I don't have that same problem the next time? And what are you coming from? What, what were you doing before this? Uh, before trading, I was studying engineering. So I was uh, similar to Kyle in, um, I think I was in third year engineering and I was doing that and I was pretty good at math. So I decided to check out the trading sphere, gone to crypto, found Tim Sykes and sort of the rest is history. That's awesome. You, now, I, I know Kyle and Jack, you guys have been on our podcast before. So if you guys want to see, when, when were you guys on? How far back was that, Kyle and Jack? Do you guys remember? I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I think Jack, I know Jack's been on more than I have. Um, but yeah, it was it was a while ago. Yeah, it wasn't any time recent. So it'll be fun for the viewers to watch you guys, you know, a bit back to see what, where, do you remember like where you were at then for yourself? I was. Me, I don't think I was. Yeah, was, stay good, Jack. For me, I remember it pretty crystal clear, and it was ex- almost exactly a year ago. Actually, it was either March or April, and that was when I was in Michigan trading with three of my other buddies. And that's when I was. That's when I just came off killing the the OTC long game, and then that's when I kind of transitioned into learning new things around that time. So it's it would be interesting to go back and see that. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, what do you guys with this, because of what's going on now and because there's people who are being let go of and needing to create, you know, revenue for themselves, what's your advice to people who are on the fence about becoming a trader? Uh, what, what would you say to people who have not maybe saw this for themselves in the past, but maybe now are finally, you know, considering it just because they have to do something, they're stuck at home. What would your advice be to them? Um. Yeah, it's funny you ask that because I, I have thought about this where, you know, I think when you first tell people you're a trader, they kind of, at least if they know about it, they kind of give you this look of like, it's uncertain, it's scary, it's not stable. Um, and in times like these, it's really weird. Like, I I feel like I'm the one with, with job security, um, hearing about all these people, unfortunately, having to, you know, lose their jobs or that, this or that. So it's really an unfortunate situation. But um, for those who are interested now, you know, I think it's a great time to learn, but it's also a scary time to learn. Like, I think if you, if you go in too quickly without really learning, like this is such a volatile market, you could really uh, get beat up pretty quickly. But at the same time, if you can learn and and at least sustain yourself in this kind of environment, then once we get back to normal, like it's just going to be, you're going to be so much more knowledgeable. Um, So I definitely would proceed with caution, but definitely if you're interested, definitely get stick your foot in because it's, it's worth getting this knowledge, you know? Awesome. What do you think, Jack? I think don't be like the uh, El Presidente on Twitter and just start gambling away millions of dollars. But other than that, I think basically the one thing I would say is start small. And 
you really are going to have to develop the passion. Like you'll know right away. As soon as I heard about trading and found out about it, it was an instant. I'm hundred percent doing this. No one can tell me anything else. Like this is, this is me. And if you really don't see that with yourself with trading, like it's just going to be wasted time, honestly, because it's 10% of people are going to make it honestly. So if you don't put 110% effort in odds are you're going to fail. So work really hard and start small. 10% Steven is top right. That sounds high to me. 10% I'm going to make it. Uh, I, would, I would say about 5% are going to make it. Um, it's really tough. I mean, it, it's really yeah. tough. And, and you literally, like, I'm not joking. And all, all these guys will all say the same thing. But uh, I remember my, my even first and second year, I was I was losing. I didn't have the luck. that I didn't have the skill. I, I would I'd say I didn't have the skill that these guys had to pick it up so naturally. Um, and I, I was still studying like 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, every day. And these guys, I'm sure will say the same thing. And, and it's even now, like I'm celebrating being up like 7K this year on a $700 account, which is amazing because I threw it percent. It's but, but still like I'm scared to move higher. Like I'm scared. Uh, it's not a full-time job. And um, my advice to people who've lost the job uh, in, in this, uh, in this climate is, I, I would uh, not put your money in trading because it's highly likely that you'll lose it. Uh, I, I don't think there's any harm in studying it, but I'd say putting money in and trading and trying to be a trader is probably one of the worst things you can do if you've been laid off from a job and you've got a family. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Andrew? What, what's your advice to those who are, you know, maybe looking over the fence at this for the first time? Yeah, it's really important to just start studying. Like, you don't have to jump in right away, but it's so important to watch the tickers in play make sure you're watching the markets. That's super incredibly important because once you are familiar with the markets, for me, it took me about, I'd say six to nine months of just watching the markets and paper trading before actually for real money into penny stocks and trading those. So studying is so important. Like when I started, I think I did at least like four to six hours a day, you know, so probably important just start studying don't trade yet because that's a lot of risk but you started, with, you started with paper trading yeah i i did about uh, nine months of paper trading and i doubled that account before i actually put in real money and when i put in the real money i started losing immediately so exactly. it's not the same well, as everybody knows, Stephen has been trying to enroll me from the beginning. You know, I have a long yeah. way to go. I'm still studying, but he wants me to start with real money. And of course, Tim right. is suggesting paper trading. So I'm just kinda, kinda, fascinated. Go ahead, Stephen. Go ahead. What do you get? Okay, I just want to. I just want to ring a poll if, if all of these profitable traders here. And, and I'll have a disclaimer. Like I lost, I lost 15k, and then I've spent the last 18 months making it all back. So like, I, and I've nearly made it all back, but I did lose 15k where. Jack was much smarter and didn't lose 15K. But I want to get people's opinions on, do you think paper trading is a worthwhile investment to learn uh, with with pace uh, and quickly accelerate that curve? Or do you think it's better to just trade small? And I'd love to, to hear everyone's answers and why. Um, yeah, I think I think, you know, it probably depends on everyone's situation, I think. Right. If you, if you, if you're just starting out and you have no money to lose and you have to, or you, yeah, you can't afford to lose any money and you have to maybe save up a lump sum to start, then definitely I would rather paper trade than not trade at all. Um, but for me personally, after I got, after I paper traded for maybe a week or two, I just realized it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't really getting where I could, I could, I wasn't, I was kind of, I knew I was fooling myself. I knew my brain was fooling it myself and that it wasn't really, I knew when I started trading real money, it wasn't going to be the same. Um, so for me, just trading small size was, was way more beneficial. And when I mean small size, I mean literally like less than a hundred shares, like of a $5 stock buy like 50 shares to where any move, which way it's not going to really make, it's, it's almost going to be insignificant amount of money. Um, just having that on the line and then slowly increasing as you get more profitable or as you are able to handle your emotions was far more useful for me than, than just paper trading. How, so how that, long was, that was my experience. That for Kyle? That, In terms that. of. Small amount. Oh, oh, small amount. Um, I did it until, well, when I first started, I made a mistake of not doing that, right? And so that's how I ended up losing $4,000 the first, you know, eight to 10 months. Um, but once I got around eight months in, nine months in, I realized I can't, I can't do that. So I 
for about the next two to three months until I found consistency and found like a setup like the panic did buy, it was just a hundred shares. Like if it was any between $5 and $1, like just a hundred shares, that's all I need. You know, I don't need any more size. Cause it did. Just, I just wanted to learn at that point. I knew I couldn't afford to lose anymore. So that's what Steven's been saying to me is to do it like that, do it really small, but just feel the energy of, you know, your finger in the electrical sort psych. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, can I can I just say with the introduction of broke free rate, like uh, broke free commissions, like you don't even get charged for commissions anymore. So like, there's no obstacle behind just trading for real. And like, I remember just making five bucks, losing five bucks, like get the money on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Jack? What do you think about what Stevens asking? Um. So I started paper trading in 2017 when I was just kind of studying and messing around. But once like you're full time and like you're super into it, like paper trading is just pointless. And then you need to like open a new account and start small. And actually that's going to be like the start of your journey. But I don't think it's bad to go on a paper trading software and just kind of click a few buttons a few times, click buy button a few times, click sell button. But like nothing really where like you're practicing and like, like too hard. You know what I mean? Like, like save your practicing for when you start. But I think just like kind of getting like the feel for it a little bit. Like for instance, if, you know, you're playing a video game, right? And there's just like an arena where there's nobody in it and you can just kind of like walk around or drive around or whatever the field and just kind of like feel like, feel how the ground feels and stuff like that. And then like start like a low rank, you know what I mean, with other players and then just work your way up from there. Yep, makes sense. Andrew, Andrew what do you think? Oh, I love paper trading. Uh, just to get your feet wet, just get started. It's amazing. But obviously, you want to move past that. You want to start trading small after a while. I think from I just liked trading the full size that I wanted to. Um, so that's why I really like paper trading. So I can kind of see like what I would realistically make or lose. Uh, but it is different. So you do want to have that real market experience. So over time, over a couple months, once you're comfortable, or maybe even a couple weeks, if you already know how to trade, uh, definitely trade small size. That's the next step. How do you know when you're ready to trade? How do you know when, like, what's that? What for all of you? I'm just curious. Like, hmm. there's got to be, like, I know right now I'm not ready to trade, right? I'm, I'm reading all the books. I'm listening to Tim's courses. I'm obviously in this conversation every week with uh, Stephen and Tim Bowen, and I'm, I know I'm not ready yet, but what's going to be the moment or for you guys, what was the moment when you were like, I'm ready, you know, whether you left paper trading behind or you started to even really take it, take it on seriously. I'm just curious, like, was there a moment that you can point to? Um, yeah, mine's, so, so I guess backstory when I, when I had found Sykes and I applied for the challenge, they had the old application, right. Of like, you know, your email, cause they were going to interview you go through the interview process. Um, I remember I had started that process of filling everything out and then kind of halfway through, I was like, no, 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 I'm not, I don't want to do this. Like I kind of got very cold feet. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of, I just realized if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And that kind of maybe gave me a trigger of like, I'm just going to start, um, Almost like it's like if I just if I if I never I kept telling myself I wasn't ready and it's different for everyone like I knew I was a, I would I could afford it because I lived at home my expenses were low I was just a student um, so it's different in situations for those for everyone's different unique situation but I knew if I just never started I was never going to get going so from from the beginning I just said just let's just get get the, the, uh, the ground running you know that's going. awesome I'm so glad you said you had cold feet and almost backed out because it just makes yeah. you seem more human now you seem superhero like so it's good to hear that you had yeah. your Kent moments how about you yeah. uh Jack what what was your moment of knowing so this was like you know three years ago now so it's kind of hard for me to really like put like remember too far back then but something that I can kind of remember is just like when I was just buying and selling stocks randomly on paper trading and then like even if I wasn't like necessarily trading it, but I saw a stock reacting and then I was like, okay, this is probably resistance. It's probably going to pull here. And like, just when I, once I saw myself being right, sometimes that kind of gave me the confidence, like, okay, maybe you actually know something after watching and studying for so long. And then I kind of just started trading after that. Wow. How about you, Andrew? 
Uh, same thing that Jack said, actually. Once uh, once I started seeing the setups play out the way I thought they would play out, and once I saw the big traders in the chat doing the same trades that, in my mind, I thought would work out, then it kind of just started clicking for me where I'm seeing the same thing, sort of, and things are sort of starting to make sense. At the start, you're just seeing a bunch of lines going up and down, a bunch of green and red colors, and you're so confused. But <laughs> over time, you start getting it. And Steve, I'm going to ask you. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Jack. Um, I remember there was this one moment where I was watching the stock ticker. I think it was MOSY, and this was late 2017, maybe November or December. And I remember seeing it spike right into 195 resistance. And that was just like a daily resistance level. And I simply just typed into Tim's chat. I was like, MOSY, daily resistance, 195. Like, looks like an ideal entry here. And then literally two or three seconds later, Ducks popped in and said, short 15K, MOSY, 195. Yeah. And I was like, boom. And that yeah, kind of, I just remembered it's a that. Piece of shit. It's a piece of shit diabetes stuff, right? <laughs> I have no clue, man. Just it's some, all price it's, action. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sure MOSY is a diabetes stock, and the diabetes stocks are, are the most notorious for hyping up the stock, uh, and they'll get slammed at resistance levels for sure. Um, one thing that I'm really, really, really interested in asking you guys, and I've never had the chance to, to ask so many people and take a poll live on camera, is you guys you guys know me, you've seen us before, and you know that to, for, for me, understanding trading and the technical analysis and the fundamentals and going on the challenge, that for me only took kind of 18 months and then I started perfecting after a while. But my struggle was discipline. So my question to you is how much for a new trader, what percentage of, of learning is the actual tuition of the market and understanding technical analysis? And how much is actually developing discipline by messing up so many times that you get it? Like what, what is harder to overcome and, and what makes a successful trader, one that's got more of a, a gap on discipline or a grip or one more that just gets the market? And again, Kyle, Kyle is always. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think learning the technicals, the fundamentals, that's not, right, that's not the hard part. I think, and I always, I always, no, I, I always think of Sykes as, um, he says all the time in the videos, like, it's like anyone, not anyone, but most people can learn this stuff within a year or two, right? They can, they can, they can know what it's about, like the technical analysis, the financial or the um, fundamentals. But right. I think the hard part is right. Being disciplined in and the, the emotional part, the, the, the part that you have to control the most, right? You can, you know, people can feed you information, but then what are you going to do with it and how are you going to use it effectively? Um, I think is what most people fail at. And I think that was probably one of my advantages in terms of that. I was already pretty, um, disciplined in my life before trading. Like I, I went to the gym, I ate healthy. Like I had, you know, I went on this whole like probably year rampage of like trying to like gain muscle. And I was like following like these meal plans and all these kind of things. Um, and so I, that just building that discipline in other areas of life will ultimately lead to just how, who you are as a person and, and ultimately can, well, it'll show in your trading, you know, for sure. So, so what, what percent would you give though? If, if you said like okay. over five years, um, you'll be a, a successful trader. What, what's the percentages? Um, oh, of, of like, were we talking about like 95 or 90% or in terms of discipline versus just. Yeah. Knowledge? Discipline versus discipline versus. Uh, oh, I would have to say maybe 60 or 70% discipline, 30 or 40% knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's heavily weighted more to, to discipline for sure. Mm. Very, 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 very interesting. And Jack? Uh, so that's really funny about what Kyle just said, because I definitely think that discipline is a way bigger factor. And something that I kind of had done before I got into trading was the same thing where I just, I was kind of obsessed with bodybuilding and just going to the gym and training and eating healthy and just like kind of on a regimen and just like going through like an actual process that's disciplined for the overall bigger picture of if I do small things each day, it's going to add up into, you know, a giant piece of something, whether it's gaining a lot of muscle or gaining a lot of trading profits, something like that. And then on top of that too, I know Kyle's super disciplined, like this man will take cold showers and just like the willingness <laughs> to put yourself under a cold shower, like what's stopping out of a trade? If you can like go into a cold shower, you can stop out of a trade, no problem. 
true. I love the cold showers too. <laughs> but tell me the weight. Tell me the weight, uh, Jack. Jack, what, what uh, weight would you give to discipline? I, I would give it a little more than Kyle because, like, the wow. trading, the trading part came easy to me. Where, like, I, I kind of had grown up, like, I, I wasn't good at school at all. Like, I was a C and D student in high school, and I like didn't even want to go to college because I would have just partied. But I was more of a you know, I was into sports and video games, especially. So it kind of just came easy for me, just like the trading aspect. Like it was just quick things on a screen. And I just got like the read for things pretty quickly. And I think the patterns were super simple, but I was kind of um, egotistical to start with. Like I had a pretty big ego when I was 17 and 18. So just to get like knocked off over that. And then once that, once that met my discipline and process, that's kind of when all the gears started turning. So you you going eighty twenty because I I would agree with you. I mean, from my perspective I said eighty well. twenty, yeah, eighty twenty. Yeah, it's it's it, like I I learned how to trade in the first eighteen months, and then the the last the, the rest of the time was eighty percent me versus me, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the game. And uh, do you concur, Andrew? Yeah, discipline is incredibly important. I think this game is all about managing your own emotions because it's so easy to just rationalize yourself into a position. Like if you were shorting SGBX yesterday and it kept averaging up every single time, you would have blown up your account, right? So it only takes one undisciplined hour, one undisciplined moment to really destroy yourself. Technicals are easy to learn. I think uh, it takes a couple of years, like, like everyone said, but, uh, just sticking to your own rules and really focusing on doing the right thing at all times depend no matter what you're feeling that's incredibly important so the the, the wizard of, of discipline kim what's your thoughts the 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 the, the master the master can i say master for a female you can yeah I'll the master psychologist <laughs> no guys guys what's what's your thought on kim neil and trading because our discipline's down can we ask that kim or did you have a different question no it's a good question can, can we do so, it I, what do you think guys do you think since i'm coming from this kind of coaching background around non-attachment you know i've been practicing non-attachment and, I, and i'm still practicing it it's not like i've mastered it i mean truly it's it's a I have, I have my stuff too, but I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah. Do you think I could? But, but do, I think, do the guys know everything about you that you, you, no, you've coached don't. some of the best traders? Like you can tell them you've coached some of the best traders in the world. You've helped them become profitable. Well, I've coached Steven Johnson. So he's one of the best traders <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, you know, I've been coaching for a long time, 13, 13 years now. Uh, so my work has all been around emotional intelligence and recognizing when you're struggling with uh, attachment to things, how do you get yourself to back to neutral? So because that's been my life's work and because I've been teaching people that traders and other individuals, I, I feel less worried about that side of it than I do about the technical side of, you know, like Andrew said before, just, you know, these lines on the screen, Stephen and I did an off, uh, off-camera conversation one day where he took me on his, you know, was a shared screen. And I was just like, I don't even know what the hell I'm looking at. And he was like, you see this? You see that? You see this? And I was like, no, I really don't. I could picture that. <laughs> but, uh, but guys, do, do you think Kim, because of an accelerated, do you think Kim will go under, undergo an accelerated learning process because she has 12 years of psychology and understanding the discipline of trading and she's actually imparted that knowledge and other traders who've then gone on to be successful. Do you think she can implicate it herself, Kyle? Yeah. It's, it's, you have have like a unique situation where you've learned the psychological side before the, the, just the fundamental and technical side. So it's like, if you get that down, you know, you're a bit, I'm sure like you have probably techniques and, and routines to like separate yourself from, you know, emotions, trading the money. So it's like you having that down, that's going to be such a smoother process once you have a setup where you understand a strategy that you're going to do. So I think absolutely. Yeah. I think you'd be, I think you're in a better shot than most because they, it's the opposite way around, you know, for, for other traders who start. So, I'm yeah. definitely not coming from this place of like what Jack said, like this, like sense of ego of like, Oh, I can do this. I am. If anything, I'm on the other side of that. I'm like, 
I could never do this. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sure that this is like beyond me. The only thing that gives me a little hope is having read Brian Shannon's book and listening to Tim Sykes's courses. Like as I listen to them, I'm like, huh, I do understand what he's talking about. It does make logical sense. It's not jargon. So, but still I'm pretty freaking nervous. <laughs> uh, obviously we know we know Kim's uh, been experiencing other people's emotions but she hasn't felt the emotions herself mm-hmm. and uh, that's a whole different thing so Jack do you want to go on I think on the psych- psychological standpoint you will be A++ and just like overall discipline and all that kind of stuff but I think there's also an aspect of reactive and quickness in trading Mm -hmm. and just like you see like a lot of young kids do really well in trading because we're quick you know what i mean our brains are pretty reactive we we grew up with phones and smartphones and just screens and all that kind of stuff so we're quick 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 to react and that's something that you might struggle with because you're too disciplined you're gonna sit there and wait and wait and wait and then mess eventually really good point that's a really good point jack i'll have to keep an eye out for that makes sense Mm. and and because i'm probably being overly cautious especially in the beginning that may keep me from you know just doing something that my gut says to do Mm -hmm. but that you know that's going to help keep you safe and at the end of the day being safe is the most important thing about trading. So you just might not be able to maximize as much as somebody like a 21 year old kid, Kyle's 24. I don't know how old Andrew is, but just like that, that little extra, because at the end of the day, I believe that a human and art can out be a system every single day in trading, just because there's going to be some things that they're not going to be able to read. Like, like Tim Gertani compared to Matthew Owens or Matthew Owens is just a straight robot. And whereas like Tim Gratani, like he's got like that Michael Jordan kind of effect, like that art. Yes. And that's, you know, one of a kind kind of stuff. That's awesome. It's good advice, very good. isn't it? That concept of that maybe I'll be too disciplined, that really stood out to me. It's, it's also a very good, uh, that Matty Owens and Tim Gratani analogy, I, I really, really liked it. Comparing the office is the science. That was pretty powerful. We need to make that the screen grab of the the Instagram yeah. promotion thing. Yes, I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was very, that was very poetic and beautiful. Um, but no, but I, I mean, honestly, we'll, we'll get Andrew, but Kim, you've got to worry that you're going to be like, oh, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? Oh, I'll just do it. And then you're getting at the wrong time. Totally. Um, and I think that's what Jack's getting at as well. How could I not have that in the beginning? Cause I'll be questioning myself the whole time. Anyway, what do you think, Andrew? I think it's more important to be controlled rather than having this big ego at the start. I think that will save you a lot of time and losses, actually, because you're, you're going to be focusing on only the best setups. And those quick spikes that sort of move really quickly, I think you're just going to not play those. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll definitely work to your advantage and where you are waiting for the best setups, even though you are missing a couple plays here and there. I think uh, it'll, it'll do wonders for you. All that experience, I think that'll help your trading a lot. In the right. long run. I hope so. Hey, Stephen, before we wrap it up, I just want to circle back to a question I had for you when I, we were asking the guys before. I, I was um, just curious for you. When did you know that trading was for you? Like, do you remember that moment when you were first getting your feet wet? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, just quickly go around the the room. How many of you guys played poker? I've played poker before. Jack's bit. poker. Kyle's not poker. Andrew's not poker. Um, it's. I, I was playing poker when I was young, and I, I made, I made a little bit of money playing poker. So when I saw stock trading, I was kind of like, ah, this is. I mean, if if only two percent of pokers play it, if only two percent of poker players make it, and five to 10% of traders make it for sure. I'll figure out trading. Like if I just put the hours in, I'll get it. It's the same, it's the same cal- calculated probability. Um, but I, I didn't feel like I could, for me, my first year of trading, I would like win five, 10% of my trades. Then I'd win 15%. Then I'd win 20% month on month on month. I'd always win a little percentage more. Um, and that's when I knew that I, I would ultimately get it. Um, and then I didn't realize I'd have a stream of handling. And then I thought oh, I've got it. And then I didn't realize that a stream of linen, what discipline meant. And then that was another year, year or 18 months down the line of thinking, how can I manage discipline? 
Um, and then, I mean, and then last year I was, I had a profitable year just, and then this year when I, it's only really this year I've thought I've got it. Like when I, when I made the eight grand in, in January and February from a $700 account, I thought, I really know what I'm doing now and I've got discipline down with a small amount and I know I can make money in the market. So it's just step by step going up. So really it took us three years and only now am I thinking I've, I've got this, but it might take another two or three years. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I was just curious. I, I knew you were come from poker, but I couldn't remember like if there was a distinct moment where you were like, yep, this is it. It's just grown stronger every year. Probably, probably right now is the only time I've thought I've really got this. When you can turn seven hundred into four or five thousand, and you've done it throughout, it's the fourth time I've turned seven hundred dollars into five grand now. So it's like now I'm like, all right, me, me risk is nothing because it's seven hundred dollars. I consistently turn it. So now it's now more than ever. I think I've got it. Yeah. But um, but it's I am uh, different for I'm, everybody. That's what that you know. I think I'm asking that question of you, Stephen, because. That everybody's answer here was a little bit different about that moment when they knew. And I think I'm just curious because, you know, I'm curious what it'll feel like later on for me. So, so it's, it's, it'll, it'll feel like a shot of heroin. It probably will. I've never <laughs> had heroin. But, <laughs> but you, uh, I'll describe it. You tell me. I don't want to try heroin just to come back. Just, just don't inject it, just smoke it. No, but, um, <laughs> No, but uh, if I if I could just, I mean, my my final roundup question is, um, if you could give Kim one piece of advice, and and obviously Kim is uh, a, a synonymous or a metaphor, whatever, for every other trader who's listening to this podcast. So if you could give Kim, if you could give any every new other trader one piece of advice, maybe a baby uh, trader, a baby trader. What? Yeah, baby trader. What? What would it be? Oh man. Um. I think I th- I just think you got to start, um, but just with small size, like literally, like a, if you put fifty bucks worth of stock in, you know, just just you know, I think I think I, I would agree with what we said before, where you being so disciplined is going to help you. I'd rather have you be like that than someone who just jumps right in and loses money because um, you're going to save yourself. You may you may miss opportunities, but you're going to save yourself from a lot of disasters as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at some point, you know. You know, I think, I think a part of human psychology is that some people will never feel ready, you know, and that's okay. You know, sometimes you just have to, you just have to jump, um, whether that's with $50, you know, and I think just doing that. And, and if you decide you're not ready yet, then you can jump back. It's like, you, there's never, it's never like you have to fully commit. Like you can always go back and forth. And I think just, just taking that one little leap to start and see how you feel. Um, I think that could be good. That could tell you a lot, you know? Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, how many how many hours does she have to study to make it as well? That just yeah. oh. I wanted to know. Um, I think it depends on how many yeah how many hours you want to put in a day, and then how long do you expect it to take. Like so, yeah, if you want to put only four hours in in a day, then yeah, I expect to take three four years. But if you want to put in eight, ten, twelve, then absolutely less than a year, maybe a year and a half, two. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. This is this is too hard of a question for me. One piece of advice. Uh, I need like you can say three, say top three, top three, top five. Just save the top five if you want, because it's it's helpful for people. It is. It is. Uh, study a lot. Really know that it's a, your passion, or it's just going to be a waste of time. Um, network with the right people out there. Yeah. Watch like. Take, like, don't believe the fake people. Like, be able to recognize in your head who's real and who's fake based on what they're putting out there. And never give up. Don't get disappointed with your results right off the bat. And start small because you really don't want to put yourself into a massive hole and then be trying to climb out. You want to just go down a little bit and then find it and then kind of just go with the flow and just don't go in there slinging. Jack, can you just, just, I'm going to just interrupt the flow for a second because I think that was a really powerful thing you just said about be careful about who you follow. So what, what's the measuring stick you would say somebody wants to use, you know, watch because I've been in this now with steady trade for this long and stocks to trade, I'm paying attention and I can see the the people and the teachers or the big egos for lack of a better word that. I could see easily could have sucked me in before, 
you know, before I knew anything about measuring what I wanted to measure. So just what did you use to make sure you got aligned with the right people for those who are, you know, people out there watching this for the first time and are like, are we legit? Is Sykes legit? Like Tim Bowen legit? Is Stephen Johnson legit? Like, what is it that helped you know they were? Tim, I'm a legit loser. I'm the only legitimate loser. But look, being a loser is part of the We both know that there's a lot of people out there that are promising things that like it's going to be easy overnight success. You're going to have a Lamborghini in your driveway tomorrow. Like you are so authentic, Stephen. And that's part of what enrolled me at the beginning. Like I was like, wow, this guy's being so honest, even with his losses. That to me is impressive and pulled me in. So I'm just curious, Jack, like, what do you say to the person who's checking us out among a million other people that are watching on YouTube or iTunes? What, what is it that you use to measure the authenticity of your teachers or your tribe? That's a really good question. And for me, it's just been, I've gotten kind of the idea over, over time and just watching people. You're not going to know right off the bat what everything is, but if it's way too good to be true, obviously it's, it's fake. Just kind of, you don't know who's fully transparent or not based on what they put out there until you start following them. You need to start following them and believe everybody is fake until they prove to you that they are real. And for me, like even when I started and I was a loser, or not really a loser, but I wasn't like making a ton of money. You know, I had my first little run there when I started trading in 2018. And then I took that huge loss in Turtle Beach that wiped away six months of profits and sent me back all the way to the beginning. You know, I went out and made a video lesson. What was that number, Jack? What was the loss? Uh, it was Turtle Beach, and basically I lost $7,500 on it, and that's how much I had made through the first six yeah. months of my trading. So just to wipe out all of my entire losses in one trade, you know, that was like the worst feeling ever, and that's really what then humbled me out and then kind of got me on the right track for the correct learning process. But, you know, what, what did I do? The next day I made a video lesson on Profitly, and it's still there where I detailed my trade. And just like somebody that will go to like that extent or just like somebody that will just take you through their journey no matter what is who you want to be looking out for, not just people who only show wins. Like people need to be posting every single trade. Like I want to see losses and all that stuff. And if they're not showing all that, if they're not trying to learn and get better, if they just say they're the best, they never lose, like they're fake. Yeah. I, I want to add in there. It's like at the end there, the the transparency for me is what, what I use. It's like – um when you post so many trades and have so many videos and, and at some point there's just too much information to, that you, you just can't fake it anymore. You know, there's too much out there and there's too much, too much data you can look at and be like, okay, this person literally has posted everything, you know? Um, and that's ultimately why I want to do the same. It's like, I, I have, I've posted every trade on my profitably and I, I don't plan to stop. It's like, I, I need it there for, for my own reputation, for anyone who wants to, you know, check me. Like it's, it's all here. So, yeah. Awesome. Andrew, what do you think? What did you use? Oh, it's, it's so important for, for teachers to post their losses. I think the best teachers are transparent about like how much they make on a losing day, how much they lose. And as long as they're transparent and as long as they emphasize it's all about the process and the long journey and it's not about the quick gains and it's going to take a whole lot of work, as long as they tell you that, and you got to look into them a bit more, obviously. But I think if they're coming from that perspective, they're probably the real deal. That's awesome. Anything else, Stephen, you want to speak to or ask these amazing young no, men? No, I just feel like I'm in the presence of a bunch of young wizards. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I respect you guys. I'm, I'm proud for you of what you've done. Um, and I've got nothing, nothing but love, and I wish you guys the best of the future, honestly. And I hope to be there with you. I'm humbled by it. Thank, thank Appreciate you. That. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's really inspiring, you know, guys. I just, I feel really kind of encouraged personally for myself because you guys were really honest about like where you came from and what it took to get to where you are. So uh, I really can't wait to see you guys all on the other side of not being a baby anymore. So thank mm-hmm. you for your advice and for, you know, keep in mind just to the viewers, like I'm not even trading yet, people. I am such a baby in the woods. I'm just, you know, reading all of uh, the books, um, listening to all of Tim Sykes' talks, and then, you know, learning what I can from these amazing people we're bringing on. 
the Steady Trade Podcast and Stephen, of course, and Tim Bowen. So thank you for being here today, guys. This was an amazing conversation. Keep going and uh, check in with us soon, okay? Absolutely. Thanks for having us. This is awesome. Thank you, guys. That concludes this episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. And as usual, if you have any questions, concerns, or recommendations for us, please check us out at SteadyTrade.com, where we actually post transcripts of the episode and recap blog posts of the episode. It's a great resource if you're looking to expand your trading and get a more immersive experience from the Steady Trade Podcast.